0: Welcome to Code Graves, an episode-by-episode episode recap of the Shonda Rhimes television series, Grays Anatomy. We're two best friends who love Grays. My name's Teresa Rosato. And I'm Megan Totsky. And join us for episode two of season two, Enough is Enough. Barbra Streisand? Is that I know. the song? No, no, no. Barbra Streisand and Donna Summer. Oh, man. Yeah. Notice we don't hear that song in this episode. No. No. <laughs> because once more, the budget for this show is like the Diddy Bops. <laughs> And Jem. And (laughs) Jem. We do have Jem this episode. I was really
1: happy about it. Oh my gosh, me too. I I like shrieked when I was listening. (laughs) Also because Just a Ride, that show was also um, a pretty important show in the TV show The O.C. So also also very important. I've
0: never seen The O.C. You are really, really missing out on some white people shit. (laughs) People are often, you know... My friends know me so well, and are consistently like, "How have you specifically never seen the OC?" Yeah, and you know, it's been so long now that it's it's
1: very, very dated. Like that show yes. was cool for a long time, and now you watch it, and it's it's dated. It's a, <laughs> it's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's. I think it's maybe even older than Grey's. I don't know. It's it's old as oh, shit. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a long time ago.
0: God, we're getting so old. Yeah, <laughs> we are. We're all what is the line that you had
1: from this episode? We're all just (laughs) waiting for death.
0: (laughs) Death is imminent. (laughs) We just have to wait it out. (laughs) As we are right now. (laughs) All right. I will I will do the summary. Yeah, you will. All right. You're gonna kill it. Three, two, one, go.
1: Okay, so there's a car accident um, that's sort of the center of patience of this episode. Um, it involves a drunk, abusive father with his wife and his teenage son. Um, the dad is drunk and needs a new liver, and the only person who can give it to him is his son, so the interns spend the entire time trying to either convince or not convince this kid to give his liver to his father. George finally talks to Olivia, um, effectively ending their relationship. Uh, Meredith continues to ward off Derek, and some crazy dude swallowed ten Judy doll heads.
0: <laughs> Stop. Man, you're really good at that. Woo. <laughs> it's raining. It's pouring. My love life is boring. So you were not psyched about this episode. I don't like this. I don't, I don't
1: dislike this episode. I just think that it's boring and transitional.
0: Sure. Yeah. So. I, I kind of like when we disagree on our excitement level. Yeah. For... <laughs> episodes because I feel like it makes for a more interesting podcast episode.
1: <laughs> Instead of just an hour every week where people listen to us like, agree.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, we're either fangirling, this was the best episode ever, or we're just like flatlining through it. Yep. <laughs> Nothing happened here. George was awful. <laughs> All right. So I don't like this episode because
1: I think that it's just kind of forgettable. Um, I don't think that the cases are particularly interesting. I don't think that nothing really interesting happens to our doctors. I'm kind of a sucker for, like, overly dramatic TV shows. Like, that's why, I like, Orphan Black is because every episode, mm-hmm. like, nothing ever stops in that don't show. Don't spoil like, anything I'm me. not. I'm way far behind on it. But that's why oh, I like okay. that show because it, like, it just keeps going all the time. You know, there's yeah. never a dull moment in it. Um, yeah. And this episode struck me as a little dull.
0: This is a, a sidebar, but have you seen the show Unreal on Lifetime? No. Dude. <laughs> You gotta watch it. It's on. Is that what you texted me last night and called this a mental palate cleanser? (laughs) Yeah, it's like (laughs) I watch it from behind my hands because (laughs) it's so stressful. It causes me so much anxiety. What's it about? It's I've never watched a show so slowly in my life. (laughs) I only watch an episode a week, like on purpose, because I can only handle an episode a week. What's it about? I watch it with my brother. It's a take on The Bachelor. Oh. It's a, uh, but it's a scripted series and it's executive produced and written by a woman who worked on The Bachelor for three years. Oh. And, oh my God, it's just, it's so good. I'm watching season one and I've seen like five episodes, maybe six, and it's just, it's really messing me up. (laughs) It's awesome. I highly recommend it. I feel like those two
1: things don't add up in my head. That you're essentially watching a scripted Bachelor,
0: and it's so stressful that you can only watch one episode (laughs) a week. I understand how my curiosity—my curiosity curiosity is peaked. It's so well done and just so horrifying. It's awesome. (laughs) Anyway, but it's also not Grey's Anatomy. I'll cue it up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why do you like this episode? I like this episode because I I really like the storyline involving the family that was in the car crash. I like the – I mean, I don't like, but <laughs> I appreciate the domestic violence storyline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really appreciate, like, these divergent experiences of domestic violence between the woman of the uh, – the female victim of the violence, the, the wife um, and the mother – And the son's interpretation of that violence, Mm -hmm. I just think it's a particularly horrific storyline that's pretty well done. I like how Karev is used in the episode. Yeah. And I'm also just, I really like where both Meredith and Yang are emotionally (laughs) right now. (laughs) Like at the bottom of the barrel? (laughs) Yes. I <laughs> really tequila. appreciate whenever our leads are just just failing and <laughs> flailing. It's important to me.
1: <laughs> and it is fun that they're sort of failing together, like they're really sort of in it together. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Cuz often in the in sort of the arc of the show, we see times when like one is having a really hard time and the other is really thriving and or you know vice versa. And so I think I think you're right that it is kind of fun that they're both really like <laughs> Fun is not
0: the right word, no. but it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the, the very first scene, you know, we open with <laughs> Yang is lying in the bathtub, which is presumably where she spent the night. Right. <laughs> Meredith is sitting on the floor of the bathroom and they're both incredibly hung over. And Meredith at, at one point, you know, goes over to throw up into the toilet. And then she just like, Sits back and pauses and says, "False alarm." <laughs> We've all been there, though, right? You yeah, know? I, that's the thing is, I don't know how many times I've been like, "No, nope, false alarm, false alarm, <laughs> false alarm," and you like, um, okay, don't know if you're wishing for it or not. <laughs> yeah, <you know?
1: laughs> yeah. Well, Yang is presumably not hungover, right? She's she keeps going on oh, and on about her hormones, you're right? Right. She's like overly hormonal because she is still somehow. I mean, she's got to be like. <laughs> Is this her second pregnancy? Like, this has know. been going on forever. <laughs> just give <laughs> Again, the woman like, an the timeline of the show is baffling. <laughs> it really is just a total mystery. <laughs> for all we know, they've known each other for about a week.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So we've got so we've got our two leads just hating everything. They're going to be so sour and bitter for this entire episode. It's great. <laughs> and then they're walking into the hospital. And Derek is, Meredith points out that Derek is stalking her. And that's correct. He
1: is. (laughs) I'm telling you, if she's got to fucking explain to him one more time that she is not interested and he needs to, like, cut his shit out, I'm going to file a restraining order against him on her behalf. (laughs) I love that. I just don't under,
0: (laughs) he is harassing
1: her. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's, it's awful. (laughs) It's awful to watch.
0: Yeah, it's my favorite thing is he's just so pathetic. I mean, he's he's following her as she's speed walking into the hospital, and he's <laughs> he's just so confused because he's like, "Did you not? Did we not have a conversation?" <laughs> and he's talking about, of course, when he spent forty five minutes telling Meredith the story of how Addison cheated on him with oh, his I best friend. I just fell
1: asleep with you talking about it. It was so boring. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's how boring that monologue was (laughs) and he honest to god out loud says i bared my soul to you last night (laughs) oh my god and then meredith says you know she says a variation on what she's been saying since the beginning of episode one of this season you know that you lied to me for however many months and there were many opportunities where you could have come clean and you didn't. So leave me alone. <laughs> Go away. We're over. And he's like, What? What? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you want me to keep chasing you? Is that what you said? On, i am I buried my soul to you ask. It's not enough. How can
0: I not be? When you waited two months to tell me, and I had to find out by her showing up, all leggy and fabulous, and telling me herself, you pulled the plug. I'm a sink with an open drain. Anything you say runs right out. There is no enough.
1: Which I like. Izzy and George then tease her about that. They're like, yeah, oh, I thought it was great. And I was like,
0: that's a great metaphor. It made perfect sense to me. I agree. <laughs>
1: And then they just I, like
0: maybe don't understand metaphors.
1: That's entirely possible <laughs> because they went. I, I'm not entirely sure they would have any sort of <laughs> undergraduate education. Um, <laughs> but I agree with what you had said that Derek tries to recycle this metaphor <laughs> later on in the episode and sort of like ineffectively.
0: Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so Addison is is trying to apologize for cheating on him and and. You know, to be fair, she's not doing a great job. <laughs> right. She's really not. <laughs> I mean, her excuse is that people do desperate things to to get a reaction or to get attention. Right. Which is <laughs> not just to be clear, like a two year old's argument. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I threw this temper tantrum because you weren't listening because to me. You weren't listening. <laughs> and Derek just says to her he says, I'm a sink with an open drain. But he doesn't say the rest of it. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and Addison then walks adds, away. <laughs> he just walks away. Addison clearly is just standing there like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's
1: really, you know, it's it's this sort of triangle between Meredith and Addison and Derek is fascinating for a lot of reasons. But thinking about how Derek will not let Meredith go, like she says no, she says no, she says, no, she says leave me alone. He won't let it go. He's like a dog with a stupid bone. And he, and then he brushes off Addison, right? Who's yes! who's doing using the exact same tactic that he is. And he's like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Go away. <laughs> the hypocrisy is so impressive. Oh, man. I got very frustrated with the men in this entire series in this episode. You know, like, this is it's a long the time theme. coming. But, like, it was... I was just sort of like, wow, you are all... Like, none of you is... We can get into it later, but like Alex is the most, possibly the most mature adult male in this show at this juncture. And that's not good. Which is not saying much. It's not a good place for the show to be in. It's not when we have a bit named after him for asshole of the week. Right. Anyway,
0: (laughs) should we talk about the family? We should. Let's talk. Let's talk about the family. So they They 've been in a car accident, a really terrible accident, where apparently the the husband uh crossed the center line and caused an accident and the wife it's a really interesting exploration of perspective and truth mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Addison spends a lot of this episode being like there are two sides to every story and <laughs> This episode is just beating you over the head with. Yeah, all it's, it's really messages. shoving it down your throat. <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> annoying. That is annoying. But so the wife is saying, you know, this car came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, I'm I'm seeing this car coming right at us, and the son is like, "No!" Like my dad was really pissed off, and this guy cut him off or or did something that the dad didn't appreciate, and so out of just complete road rage, he he went after this car like he purposefully caused this accident Mm. and so the dad is in very serious condition the driver of the other car is basically dead we say basically (laughs) because we're going to return to that the the wife and son are are doing okay but it becomes clear to all of the doctors that they're dealing with the domestic abuse case the woman has I I don't remember the exact number of healed oh fractures, but mm-hmm. they have nothing to do with the accident. They're they're quite old, and and so her films and her kidney are is bleeding. A nightmare, yeah. Because
1: he yeah. beat her so hard that she has this horrific bruise all across her back, and her she's a her kidney is is she has internal bleeding. That's I mean, all, right. albeit not all that serious, but you know it's 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 clear that this is a very very serious case,
0: right. So it's it's a tough one to watch. I think that the those divergent stories between the mother and son are are particularly horrific. And the cutting you're cutting between the mom telling the story and then the son picking up the narrative and just going Mm -hmm. back and forth. And and I think it's a very real sort of representation of what of what domestic abuse so often looks like.
1: Yeah, I think that's true, because the son is is very upset, but he's 18, so he's at sort of a tricky time, right, where this has clearly been going on for a long time, and he feels like he should do something, but he doesn't quite know what that is, and he's, you know, just seething at his father, of course. Um, but his mom, the wife is, um, really, really loves her husband, you know, and it's yeah. just, it's this really, really heartbreaking thing to watch, right, where she's like... Oh, Bob, her husband, you know, he's so sick and I I just don't want him to die. I know he he's, he has a, t- a tough time, but I, you know, he's my husband. I don't want to lose him. And it's, I agree that it's, it's just so, so heartbreaking to watch this woman. I think that, I think that mother is a, a, um, a quite good actress in this episode. Yeah. I think that the son I think is, can be, is a little like, I don't know, there's something sort of a little bit maybe like overly gritty about him that I'm not as into. But I think that the mom does a really, really good job of nailing that, that balance between just, I don't know, just telling that heartbreaking story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what's probably most interesting about this medical case, you know, like the medicine is not particularly interesting for this Mm -hmm. case. It comes down to the father needs a a liver transplant. He's of course, he's a heavy drinker. Mm -hmm. Big surprise there. And the son is a is a match for him, and he's been through you know like donor counseling, and he still hasn't made up his mind about whether or not he wants to help his father, and and it's what's more interesting though is the Karev side yeah. of this case, yeah, because we already know that Alex comes from a pretty rough background, but mm-hmm. we really get into the details of that background through his interactions with the sun in trying to get the sun to do not necessarily like the right thing, but the thing that's going to bring him the most peace.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I th- and I think that I think this is a really good way to uh, for a sort of a twofold growth for Karev, right? First of all, to to reveal more about his background, to give those details as you were saying, but also to sort of show his growth as a pediatric surgeon. I this kid is eighteen, but I think that something that I really love about this episode is that it, or about this case particular with Karev is that we get sort of a a whole vision of what Karev will ultimately turn into, you know, like that he's really is very good with kids and with teenagers. Um, and he talks to this kid completely as an equal, you know, like he doesn't, he doesn't sort of when they're in the elevator and he's taking him to, um, you know, to the lab or whatever, or to the x-rays and, and, and he's, he just is like sort of shooting the shit with him, you know, which is clearly what this kid kind of needs in that moment, you know, just for somebody to just talk to him, you know, sort of man to man, whatever, and when the kid doesn't really engage him, Karev sort of breaks it down and and, and says, like, hey, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't demean him at all. He doesn't demean his situation. He doesn't demean his youth. He really sort of speaks to him as an equal in a way that I think that is really powerful. I think that we're used to seeing a lot of doctors sort of talk down to kids and really dumb down the medicine um, for kids. And I think that – and later I think that we see that quite a bit with Arizona Robbins. She's a very different kind of pediatric yeah. surgeon, not to get, you know, too far ahead or whatever. She's a very different kind of pediatric surgeon than Alex is. Um, and I think that he like he really sort of sneaks in his empathy with his own personal narrative with this with Scotty this kid, and then I think that we both you know and sort of gets down on his level in a way that seems very natural and very genuine. Um, well, all the while sort of revealing his own personal background. But then I love I think that we both talked about this at the very end of that particular scene when he's like, man. Think about the guy with the dolls. That guy's got real problems. And just yeah. sort of like jokey about it. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I just really like that scene. I think it's a really meaty scene for for Karev as a sort of young character in this show.
0: Yeah. And as a, as a small aside, I think that it. I think that the show is definitely seeding sort of what Karev is, what he particularly excels at, right, in terms of medicine. And I think that's great. And yeah. they do really good work with that. I think they do... Eventually, they're going to do really good work with that for, for Yang and Meredith as well. Yeah. I like sort of seeing where – seeing, like, the potential for their medical trajectories. It's like it's like seeing people be sorted into Hogwarts houses yeah. or something. Like <laughs> yeah, really it is. That. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But I feel like Justin Chambers is – so he's he has, like, five kids, like Justin Chambers. Yeah. Has a ton of children, yeah, and so I have to think that that's part of his chemistry with these pediatric cases. Mm-hmm. Is the dude's got a lot of experience, yeah, <laughs> in real life with relating to kids, and and you see that then in the show. And so, as my like kind of personal history for the Karev character, I like to think that they are writing him into a future in pediatrics in part because of Justin Chambers own sort of natural ability with kids.
1: Yeah. And I think I just
0: kind of a cute story I wrote myself.
1: No, I think that's, I think that's really great. And I think that in your notes, you had written that, that like this, this case, and I don't know that sort of growing his character is a real vote of confidence in, yeah. in Justin Chambers as an actor. And I think that's a really good point as a character who was not originally even written into the show. Um, and who was a real dick in the whole first season. I agree that like it's a vote of confidence in him as an actor and in his character on the show Um, it, that it's fun that they, they're they sort of quickly escalating him on the show in a way that like yeah. I mean he even wasn't even in a couple of the early episodes or he was a, a sort of a supporting cast member and now he's really not only is he one of the the mains if you will but also the, the leads but also sort of like kind of the star in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're talking about a guy who literally was not in the pilot. right? (laughs) He was (laughs) literally not. (laughs) (laughs) And and he is, you know, we take care of our two principals in the first episode, Yang and Meredith. Mm -hmm. And then rather than going with a George or Izzy plotline, we get an Alex Karev plotline right away in episode two of season two. And I just think that's that's super impressive and shows kind of the impact that Chambers had in season one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: I really I appreciate the conversation he has with the son, with the kid. I mean, I guess he's eighteen, but right. you know, he's a kid. Yeah. yeah. In the elevator, you know, the guy is banging on uh the gurney and just sort of like tapping out this rhythm on the gurney. And it's, you know, they're clearly trying to show an externalization of this guy's anger, mm-hmm. which again is a little bit too on the nose for me. <laughs> but right. the kid asks, so what do you do about the anger? Me? I think about the guy who eats doll heads. He's got problems. It's a funny line. You yeah. Know, and it gets a laugh out of the kid, yeah. but it's, he's He's really answering that question without even realizing that he's answering that question right right that he's he deals with that anger by not dealing with it at all right He just pushes that aside and and almost separates it from himself as though that happened to someone else, yeah like this this kid who was in Iowa, and he's not that kid in Iowa now, you know like now he's this man in Seattle, and so. And it's, has spoken I, about that, about walking away from a lot of his problems, you know. Yeah, but I think it, I think it definitely foreshadows a complicated future for Karev. That Absolutely. That, that doesn't work forever, and it's not probably going to work for that much longer.
1: Right. Right. And eventually sort of this kid, I don't know, takes it to heart and he does sort of reconcile. And he and Kreb have a few more conversations over the course of this episode. And he eventually sort of shares his own personal history about things that he wishes he would have done with his family and with his own dad and mom and and things like that, which I think is a nice. I don't know. I think the two of them have a nice relationship arc over the course of the show or this particular episode. Yeah, I
0: agree. And so the kid eventually decides to to be the donor for his father. But he sets up these conditions, you know, that we're moving out, mm-hmm. like, this is done. Yep. We're, we're not going to have contact with this person anymore. Yeah. And I really, I was thinking about this episode, and as the kid was being wheeled into surgery, you know, I've seen this this episode several times, so I, I knew that he was going to make it through, but I was like, <laughs> you know, if this was 2016 Grey's Anatomy, the kid would have been killed off. <laughs> he would have died <laughs> in the transplant surgery, <laughs> and the dad would have lived. Yep.
1: And I did. As soon as I saw your note on that, I had realized that I'd had that thought as I was watching. I was like, I, was, I wonder if he's going to make it through the surgery. You know, like I couldn't quite remember, but I've seen so many recent episodes that it's like, you know... In my mind.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Once upon a time, Gray's ended things on somewhat happy notes.
1: Yeah. Once upon a time.
0: (laughs) That doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) Twelve years ago.
1: And uh, just as a quick thing, I think that something else is interesting about this, the the, sort of the pairings of each of these doctors with this family, right? So we've got Karev and the kid, a clear parallel, similar backgrounds. (laughs) We have Yang and the mother who's, she is... It has no patience for the mother's love for her husband, right? Which is just sort of interesting given what Yang is going through. And you, and you can just sort of see immediately when the doctors get paired off between the three, right? With Izzy and the mom, you're like, oh, God, this is not going to go well. She's a mother. She's maternal. She's married to a guy who's an asshole. And Yang has no patience for that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And then Krevin and the kid, you know how that's going to go. And then Izzy and the dad. And you're just like, oh, man. You just know that Izzy's going to be overly sympathetic toward this guy. Um, right. Her heart is too big; it's too open. She's, you know, makes it too personal. And I just think it's sort of like a. I think it's interesting that only, you know, what are we? Eleven episodes in, and we can already see these sort of uh, classic pairings with the with the patients already. And yeah. You could, just, you could just see the writing on the wall from the from the first moment that Bailey assigns them, which I just think is, uh, it's like a little funny and and also just sort of they they just are such developed characters already in a lot of ways. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Definitely.
1: Talk about the Judy
0: dolls the <laughs> Judy dolls, <laughs> which I don't know why, but it took me until this watch- like this rewatch to realize that the Judy dolls are a stand in for Barbie, because oh, really? of course, this is not a terribly appealing <laughs> plot line for Barbie to be featured in, right, <laughs> but for some reason, I thought that Judy dolls were real, <laughs> oh really, <laughs> like Judy dolls were a doll, <laughs> I'm an idiot, so. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, this is such a weird story. It's oh my god. It's so weird, and it's gonna get weirder when we get to our medical facts. I'm really looking week. forward to it.
1: <laughs> so this guy has swallowed. He comes in with what's you know clearly a bowel obstruction, and they take some films and they assume that he is that he's carrying drugs, right? That he's got balloons yeah. or condoms or whatever he has filled like with these drugs. Ten
0: balloons, right?
1: And you know it's probably cocaine. Like they can't rupture; it'll kill him. Whatever, and then. <laughs> they're looking at the films and i i really agree with you when you, <laughs> you make the point that alex has some crazy weird shape recognition skills
0: yes right like but... this is like the weirdest most specific superpower ever yes.
1: yes and so he he's like are you sure these are balloons and bailey's like do you have reason to believe otherwise and he's like well this one has a face and she turns <coughs> up the contrast on the X the pack lane and they're are Judy dolls or Barbie dolls, uh, essentially. And he yeah, has the swallowed heads. ten oh sorry, the heads, yeah. He has swallowed ten Barbie doll <laughs> heads. And they're lodged <laughs> in his large intestine. <laughs> it's,
0: and it's, it's so it's so great. And of course the the callback here is that in one of the episodes in season one crev correctly identifies <laughs> right. a mass in this guy's bowel as an ovary and burke is like what and then it ends up being an ovary <laughs> so Krev, like i don't know he he maybe should have been a radiologist i was just thinking that
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man but this is a weird case This is a very, very weird case because there's no reason. So like the the ongoing mystery is why has this guy done this? And then we meet the guy, the guy's, you know, woken up and they're sort of talking to him. And he's a weird dude. (laughs) Stone cold weirdo. He is a stone cold weirdo is right. (laughs) I want you to talk a little bit about like (laughs) why you think he's so weird. Like what is so strange about this guy?
0: So the thing about it is, so obviously he's a weirdo because he's swallowed 10 doll heads, right? <laughs> so we already know that he's special. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's totally be- beyond that. It has to do with his affect. So he interacts with Meredith and they have some really bizarre um, sort of conversations. And it's bizarre because the guy is like, he's so placid. Like his expression is placid like he's he's just glassy eyed and he seems really at peace yes <laughs> and it's just the most bizarre thing i've ever seen
1: well then he's also got a great line where meredith says like why 10 judy doll heads and he's like because 11 would have been too much yes <laughs> and it's just like this oh god <laughs> like it's like
0: it's it's creepy you
1: know yeah, like just it's definitely way- like
0: if he didn't swallow judy hall da- judy doll heads <laughs> he would be like a serial killer
1: yeah and it's not the first time he's you know it's like very clear oh, yeah. that like you just think about what his home must look like or what his you know like you just draws to mind all sorts of just very strange things about him that you can't really put your finger on you know yeah.
0: like it's just he's it's great i love it <laughs> He really, <laughs> so <laughs> I've seen some things since <laughs> I've been home in Montana. Mm-hmm. And he really calls to mind, like his whole placid affect really calls to mind this woman I had an interac- in interaction with a couple of weeks ago. She's she's a a Trump supporter. And I'm not going to say much about that. Like, <laughs> I I think if you listen to us, you know where we stand on Donald Trump. I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a queer Puerto Rican woman (laughs) Megan is a woman who is also a peace studies major and a teacher so yeah so I think this tells you all you need to know (laughs) fill in the blanks (laughs) but this woman is a client where I work and she she starts you know she asks me how I feel about Hillary I give her my thoughts and she tells me that she's a Donald Trump supporter and and she says did you know that he's he was prophesied as a king in the book of Isaiah, <laughs> and I just stared at her and I said, "I don't remember that part of isaiah i'd I'd have to revisit it <laughs> and She just goes on on this it's honestly it's a five to seven minute rant about how when God chooses a man. He can't be unchosen. You know, you can't fight that. It's just, it's in the good book. She also referred to God as her daddy and that it took her until about five years ago to realize that, that God was just her, her big hero daddy. I... She used daddy so many times in this conversation. And the connection to the guy who swallowed all the Judy doll heads mm-hmm. is that her face too was so peaceful <laughs> see like, like she, she was glassy eyed
1: she just you know maybe if she didn't have trump she would also be a serial killer yes you know
0: like that sort of look <laughs> it was that was the weirdest part no okay obviously someone telling me that donald trump was prophesized in the book of isaiah a book that i've read right <laughs> i'd like to point out and it's a long one <laughs> I went to an evangelical Christian school for three years. That's like right. I am intimately familiar with the Bible, and in fact had James one memorized for a period of like three years. Oh, so God. let's let's have a Bible showdown. Must have, must have skimmed over the part where <laughs> Trump is prophesying. <laughs> yeah. So so was obviously the weirdest part of the interaction. But her her totally calm demeanor was the second weirdest part. <laughs> And she's immediately who I thought of when I watched this guy talk to Meredith about why he swallowed the Judy doll heads.
1: Which I think that, like, it begs the question, for me at least, do you think that this, I mean, is this guy a good actor? Like, is that a piece of it here? You know, like, that he's kind of nailing this, like, creepy,
0: weird, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, he's either a good actor or he was high on his mind for (laughs) this whole episode. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also want to talk about with the Judy Dolls about Oh, I guess we should we should wrap that piece up. So Meredith is is working with this guy. I don't even know his name, Judy Doll guy. And <laughs> at the very end uh, he says, "Do you really want to know why I did it?" And she said, "Yeah." And he said, "Are you sure?" And she says, "You know, would it be too much information?" And he said, "Well, it might be." And she says, well, maybe I'm better off not knowing and walks away. And so we get, like, no resolution so about never why find out. It. And it's so great. I, like, want to know so badly, but I love that we don't. Because then I just get to imagine what it is. You know, <laughs> like, it's just awful. It's a great, like, lack of bow in a, you know, tying a bow on a situation. And yeah. it's, this show does so that why, so well. So why do
0: you think he swallows these bowels? I balanets?
1: don't know. It's a great question. Um, I I guess I really just think that he kind of just likes it. You know, yeah. like, I think he just is kind of... He just likes it, and he's just a total social outcast, and he's just a fucking weird dude. And, like, I don't think that he's doing it because he's trying to, like, absorb their power, or because he's trying to take (laughs) over the world, or because he worships Judy dolls, you know? Like, I guess I just kind of think... That it's his thing, <laughs> you know, like yeah. different strokes yeah. for different folks. And he swallows Judy <laughs> he Swallows you know, Judy. and I know that's not like the most sexy, interesting response. But if I truly think about why I think he does it, I guess that's like, that's what I got to go with.
0: I don't know. Why do you think? I mean, I tend to agree with Psych Guy, who makes an appearance again. Yeah, I he does. Uh, He's what's so his name? so bitchy. Yeah. Anyway, he says, you know, that he might swallow them because he likes when they come out <laughs> <laughs> which is just <sighs> really hard for me to deal with oh, so i God. like your reason better <laughs> he just does it because he likes it he i do he's just so weird <laughs> I prefer that to the sexual implication. <laughs> oh, and so this gross. also led me to I mean, obviously neither of us swallow Judy Tolls. Speak for yourself. I mean, at least I don't think yeah. yeah. I'm just kidding, I do not swallow Judy Tolls. <laughs> I'd like to go on the record to say. But what is, like, your weirdest, most inexplicable
1: Man, I was reading habit. that this morning. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I'm a pretty weird person. Like, I've got a lot of quirks. I know.
0: <laughs> what I, like, to think of as
1: idiosyncrasies. <laughs> um, But I have a lot of, like, little quirks, right? Like, every time I open a soda or a beer or something in a can, I always turn the pop tab, like, the tab to the right. Every time. Jacob always, un- like, always undoes them. And I don't know That's why I weird. do that, right? Like, I don't know... I don't know why I do that. I have no idea. I just have always, since I was like, you know, I don't remember when I didn't do it. Um, And so that strikes me as like a little bit obsessive (laughs) and also inexplicable.
0: But I am trying to think of like, I don't know, what's yours? This was a really hard question for me because I am, I'm OCD, not in like the, oh God, I'm so OCD, but like I legitimately have obsessive compulsive things that I do. right. So I'm discounting those. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because there are literally too many. Right. But they're all weird and irrational, right? Like, that's the whole point that's of that the point. disorder. Right. I think that the weirdest thing that I do is – it's it's so fucking weird. But so when I'm, like, bored and I'm sitting at work, I just, like, I press on my Adam's apple <laughs> when I swallow. <laughs> really? And the reason is that it just feels really good,
1: <laughs> like when you like when you're eating. Yeah, like or I'm just doing like it right now. Like
0: I'm I'm trying to do it. Yeah, you just press lightly, not very hard, but there's just like this nice pressure, and it's kind of a weird, almost pain when I swallow. And it occurred to me probably two years ago. I was sitting in the office that I was working in at the time, and I was doing that just at my desk. And I just had this mo. I had like a twofold revelation. The first was, oh my god, I think I'm the only person who does this. (laughs) Why did I start doing this? I've never seen or heard of anyone do this. And number two, am I damaging like my asparagus or your Adam's apple? (laughs) Yeah, or my Adam's apple. I do it a lot less now, but I still find myself doing it sometimes. It's just like, just like a thumb. At the base of my Adam's apple. and then Oh, at swallow, the bottom of it.
1: Oh, it does and feel kind of good. Feels... It is kind of a nice little. I also it's like that I can feel good. the different pieces of my esophagus. It kind of yeah. creeps me out.
0: I... It's like a little it's... spiny and weird. And I. So anyway, that's why I wanted to ask you this question, because I was like, well, here's this thing that I do that just straight up feels good. And I don't. There's no other weirder reason right. for it than that. Right. It just feels nice. <laughs> See, and here's – I'm I'm actually
1: calmed by these, right? That, like, if those are two – maybe not the weirdest, but some weird things we do. Like, if we didn't have those things, we wouldn't be serial killers. <laughs> you know, like, that's not – they're weird. But they're not serial killer weird. They're not serial killer weird, right? <laughs> so I'm a little relieved. <laughs> yeah. Phew. Glad we got We're that off our chest. We are going to be okay. <laughs> oh, I also – I love your point about the this is the last Judy doll thing. I want to say your point about the the different opinions of the Judy dolls oh, themselves. Talk about yes. that. Yes, that's great.
0: Yeah. So, so I really like that this show allows for like a variety of opinions on something so small and seemingly, you know, unimportant as the Judy dolls, <laughs> which are which are Barbie stand-ins, as mm-hmm. I think you said earlier. That's I just realized right. last night, but. <laughs> Yang says very early in the episode, you know, she describes the Judy dolls as they're sexist, distorted, devil toys that create unrealistic image expectations, carrying to the porn-driven mind. It's great.
1: It's like right out of a like <laughs> <laughs> hardcore feminist book.
0: <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, it's wonderful. I feel like I was listening to myself.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or any of my professors. Any of my professors, at my professors right? college. <laughs> But then we've got Bailey, you know, Dr. Miranda Bailey, an extremely accomplished, powerful woman who just says, you know, I like Judy dolls and she's unrepentant about it. She's yeah. like, you know, and she likes them because a couple of them looked like her. Like she recognizes Afro Judy doll. You right. Know, and she even says before they straightened her hair. Yep. And, you know, she really loved Maud um, Judy doll and says that um, she actually had an uncanny resemblance to Meredith. <laughs> As she's and,
1: pulling her out of the small intestine <laughs> and, and plops her down in the tray. And she's, oh, it's so and good. Meredith is just horrified. I just <laughs> love that moment. It's I was so dying good. because it's so like Meredith's life is shit right now, you know? And she's like, resembles she's like, really? a bloody Judy doll in the yeah. belly of a crazy guy. You
0: know? This is what reminds you of me? Really? Really? <laughs> and then you're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I like – I appreciate that, you know, Meredith – or excuse me, Bailey likes these dolls and and loved them as a kid because they were fun and some of them look like her and they were aspirational. And I feel like there's sort of a meta-commentary in this episode that, like, there's no one right way to be a woman. There's no one right way to, like – seek out and live your womanly power you know like maybe i'm reading too much into it but no no. i don't i like that you know
1: i think that you're saying it's something small but i don't think it's something small right like (laughs) i think that there's a lot of you know like the difference between the four you know if we take meredith izzy Yang and Bailey as like four women on this show who are all so different from each other and who are all equally strong, powerful, wonderful women, you know, and they each yeah. sort of take different avenues to get there. And I think this is like a small representation of that sort of greater theme. And one of the reasons we love the show. Yeah.
0: You don't moral of the story. You don't have to shun your Barbie dolls. Guys. Right. It's okay. It's fine. Just don't love your Barbie heads. dolls. It's
1: fine. Don't swallow the heads. Don't
0: don't swallow the heads. Or if that's
1: gonna keep you from being a serial killer,
0: do you know? Whatever keeps you from hurting people, right. do that. You do you. But I think, you know Yang talks about how she cut off their heads and <laughs> mutilated their bodies. And it's funny because I think so many children cut off the heads of their barbie yeah, doll. That's very common. <laughs> what a weird kids are really creepy. Yeah. I know for myself that I um I had an Aladdin Barbie doll mm. and he was in a relationship with one of my actual Barbies. Uh. And he, you know, cheated on her or did something wrong, got someone else pregnant. I watched a lot of soap operas with my mom. Classic Aladdin if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, and um I ran him over with my Barbie Jeep so many times that his head was permanently only like part way on. It's always crooked. Oh my god. Do I need to cut this out?
1: How did you not bring that up during our weird habits? I don't know. It occurred to me that that was maybe weirder. That's some serial killer shit. All right.
0: Anyway. I also really like the idea of you driving around in a Barbie Jeep. No, 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 no. No, no. I didn't have the Barbie Jeep. It was my Barbie's Barbie Jeep. Oh my God. So I would put her in the driver's seat and then she would run she would over it. Aladdin. All right. I I don't know why, but I think that makes
1: it a little better. Thank you. I'm still a little worried, but,
0: you know, not as worried. Anyway, I think everyone knows a little too much about me now. So,
1: George. George, once again, is not trusted with any sort of medicine at all. And, in fact, his, his first patient that he gets put on is... Essentially dead. <laughs> yeah. And he's tasked with trying to keep this person alive, trying to essentially do all extraordinary measures to to keep this person alive. And it's sort of a test from Bailey, whatever. And George, like, bitches and moans about having to, his patient be essentially dead. And it's... it's <laughs> I just am so tired. <laughs> I am so tired of George. I, I'm I, really <laughs> at my wits end in this episode. <laughs>
0: I appreciated it. you were so mad about George, and it was really great. And I liked that you said you feel like he's in some sort of remedial sub program of the internship experience. Uh, you know, I do, I do.
1: Okay, that's he's perfect. literally working on a cadaver. Yeah, yeah. And he's like refusing
0: to work on the cadaver. You know, he's
1: just in the slow program. All right,
0: <laughs> that's okay. There are different styles for everybody. Yeah, but- yeah. There's no one right way to be a doctor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, there is.
1: and george isn't it okay i just cannot and this whole fucking time he's working with olivia of course on this case and olivia god bless her is like know. trying to have a conversation with george she is apologizing to him and that makes me so mad because she's sarah did... utterback we feel for you we... we're team olivia oh we're so my sorry, god girl. <laughs> She's apologizing to him for, like, getting syphilis and for sleeping with Alex, neither of which are her fault or something that she should apologize. See last episode. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, panics, then ignores her, (laughs) and then walks away from her, which is his favorite hobby, I think. Yeah. And then eventually does talk to Olivia. Sorry, I've really taken this in the Olivia direction. And then... (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) George finally talks to her, and... She's, like, really forgiving and understanding of him. And he says, like, it's not you. It's just that I like someone else more. Of course, he's speaking about Meredith. And she's like, well, I tried. You know, it's okay. And she's, like, very forgiving of him. And I just... I love Olivia, and I hate George. And she deserves someone a thousand times better. you dodged a bullet. She did. She really, really did. She should go back to Karev. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Tangent it's, over. And he so so once again, he's not really practicing medicine, not in any kind of way that counts. And he's his he's saddled with one of the shittier messages of the episode, which is basically that being a surgeon <laughs> means saving lives. <laughs> like
1: What
0: If you were to sum <laughs> up the lesson that George learns, that is the lesson. Yep. <laughs> I just... again remedial program. Yeah, yeah. That's really all I have to say about that. Yeah, you know. And then George has a
1: moment later on where, like, there's a a a, a transplant. Uh, uh sorry, a harvest surgery, and George realizes that the 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 body that they're going to harvest is not actually dead; that there's still brain activity. And then you made the great point that like this is he goes and tells Derek, and and Derek sort of comes in on his white horse to save the day. And I just want to, like, shoot him off the horse, essentially.
0: (laughs) Well, it's because, you know, the white horse is really a Trojan horse. Right. And inside is just his male ego, right? (laughs) He's just been, like, arguing with Burke all episode and all last episode, too, because Burke has been named the interim chief. And Derek is pissed and he feels emasculated by the whole situation. And so he picks you know, this one case where he feels like he can redeem his his alpha self. Yep. And that's all it's about. It has nothing to do with, like, saving a life. <laughs> he doesn't learn the the message of this episode. Nope. <laughs> so what else do we have? Any, what else do we have yeah, that um, we want to get to this episode bits here? Or should um, we just move on to our bits?
1: I don't know. Do you have anything? I'm kind of at the end of my. Uh kind of at the end of my notes
0: here do you have yeah. anything no i feel pretty much the same way <laughs> i wanted to sort of seg into a pokemon go tangent but oh, yeah we're already running long so okay. i think we should just <laughs> right. move into our bits <laughs> <Okay>. all right <laughs> all right so song of the week
1: Song of the week. Okay. Um, my song of the week. I, I thought it was a great throwback
0: week. To be honest, we yes, got same. Gem. We have um, Katie Tunstall was in there. Oh. Can I, okay. <laughs> Side tangent. I'm sorry. I've had a lot of these. I hate Katie Tunstall. <laughs> I know you do. And it's because of the crazy roommate that Megan and I had when we were in college. We're going to call her Susan.
1: Let's call her
0: Susan. (laughs) Susan was insane. She was an insane person. No, she was actually crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually. Like like... Judy Dollhead crazy. Yeah. Yes. And she absconded with my Decemberist vinyl and left Crosby, Stills and Nash in my pile of records as though that was a fair Fucking trade. <laughs> I'll never forgive her for that. No. <laughs> and she, anyway, she did a lot of KT Tunstall covers because she was a musician.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I hate KT Tunstall. Yes. I hate all of her songs <laughs> so much. Black Horse and the Cherry Tree. Most, oh my god! Most of all, that song can go straight to hell. That song fucking with Crosby, sucks. Stills, and Nash. <laughs>
1: So we start off with Katie Tunstall, then we've got some gem. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> um, so sorry. The Brandy Carlisle song actually I I love that song, What Can I Say? Mm. Um and it actually reminds me very much of that time in our lives when we lived with Susan. <laughs> um and well, because we
0: went to a women's college we did. and everyone was gay. I was having a lot of a Lady College gay.
1: flashbacks hearing that Brandy <laughs> Carlisle song.
0: Yeah. I I was never I'm not a very good gay. I was not really into Brandy Carlisle. I was not into the Indigo Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really, you know, I don't like Melissa Etheridge. But this song was my song of the week, What Can I Say? Because, yeah. oh, that's the name of the song. I look to the clock on the wall it all. Can't stand the state And uh, I, I just think it was really, really good, and it definitely sent me, you know, into a nostalgic sort of space. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. Um, of I, every so that girl was my, I've ever
0: dated. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was my original pick. That's originally what I'd written in, and then I was reading a bit about the episode and realized that that Goldfrapp song is in there, beautiful. And I love Goldfrapp, and I think it's actually kind of an outlier of this like hugely throwback episode of songs. Totally. <laughs> like all of the songs are so 2003, and I just love or 2006 or whenever this was happening. Um, but I love. Of Goldfrap, and I think that it was a really positive outlier. I love that song, and I thought it was, I don't know, I liked it. So Goldfrap was was my vote.
0: I loved seeing that as your song of the week, because I had been wavering between Brandy and Goldfrap.
1: I wondered, I thought you were going to pick Goldfrap, <laughs> and then I yeah. read your notes, and I was like, oh, she picked Brandy. See, and I thought you were going to pick Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> oh we're so cute we're a good team <laughs> time of death death tally I think just the one right yeah. the victim of the car accident right yeah. the uh George's yeah. begrudging patient <laughs> yes what about what's next 007? 007 007 007
0: yeah. yeah I said George for 007 yeah I mean come on <laughs> <laughs> and not because he did like his job poorly but because he was just so whiny about doing his job yep <laughs> And
1: and borderline, I mean, at the, yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I was going to make an argument that he did his job poorly, but he was just a whiny bitch about it. So Yeah,
0: exactly. About
1: having to do his job, which is practice medicine, which he has not had the opportunity to do in about, you know, three or four Yeah, episodes. seriously.
0: You're going to complain about the first time you've been given, you know, any kind of Remote medical, you know, anything to do yep. since you tried to, what did he try to do since you tried to intubate an esophagus? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even remember because it was so long ago. (laughs) You don't really have room to complain right now, George. You just need to
1: take whatever you can get. Exactly right. Chief resident, on the other hand. I mean, I had to give it to Karev. I think that he was an excellent doctor in this episode. You know? I think that he was a good advocate for Scotty, the the 18-year-old kid. I think he did a good job of not pressuring him, empowering him, like, letting him make his own decisions. Like, I just think
0: he was a good doctor to an eighteen-year-old kid who was in a tough spot, yeah, I totally agree with that. And advocate is exactly right. He was an excellent patient advocate, but he didn't go, he didn't cross the line, right? Of you know, in the way that Izzy so often does, <laughs> and um, he spoke to the young man in exactly the way that he needed to. Um, and and I just thought he did a great job this week. And he identified the shape massive, recognition, you know, the obstruction, <laughs> as, as Judy doll heads. That's right. <laughs> Good job, Karev. Good job, Karev. So, Karev of the week. <laughs> oh God, I had Tough. to give. I, I had to give it to
1: George because I'm just so pissed at him. The way that yeah. he was treating Olivia to me was just royal Karev behavior. You know, yeah. just like he was just an asshole to her, and she was apologizing for something that was literally not her fault. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. So
1: that's where that's for me. It was George.
0: Yeah. I was really torn. George actually wasn't even on my list mm. uh, because he was just so negligible to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I was torn between Yang and Derek because I think Yang is oh, – yeah. She's pretty – she's kind of cruel this episode, and she, she's not an advocate necessarily for her patient. I mean, she is in the sense that she wants this woman to get out of this abusive relationship, mm-hmm. but she doesn't approach it the way she should have with the patient. She she doesn't ever change her affect yeah. to match what her patient needs, and and I think that's a real failure in the way that she practices medicine oftentimes. Yeah, but that said, I was so infuriated with Derek from the moment I saw him to his last scene that it has to go to Derek. Yeah, for me.
1: Yep, yep. I think that that's true. I think that I uh, to to speak to your Yang point for a second. I think that she has been cruel. For the past few episodes, yes, you know I think she's had a really she's going through sort of a obviously a personally rough time, and I think that's really transcending into her behavior as a doctor and the way that she relates to patients. I think that's a really um, good point. And Derek, as you as you've said in the past, that he's sort of the like federal crib of the week, <laughs> like Yang and George, or maybe this the state, the local, the, state, yeah. the local Karev of the week, right? And totally. And, and Derek is just sort of the. Like, like maybe we should overall. call it the Derek of the week now.
0: You know? yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But no,
0: I know that Kreb has a lot of Krebs Right, he does still to come. So yeah. Um. All right. What's next? Should we do the medical fact of the week? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, uh, okay. It's a small one this week, <laughs> but no less impressive. So I was I was Googling um this Judy doll thing because so often these stories come from things that have happened you know in real life mm-hmm. and so i was originally going to like explore what pica is or pika is that what it's called when you just like eat things compulsively oh yeah 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 i think uh, it is pica yeah but i think we actually have an an actual pica episode mm-hmm. coming in the next couple of seasons oh okay so instead i found this case from 2003 from the harborview medical center in seattle which is of course the hospital and emergency department that um, seattle grace is based on oh okay Um, u-dub medicine is the is the medical program that this seattle grace internship is based Uh. on which is cool That is cool. And uh, so, in two thousand three, this a thirty five year old man (laughs) came in uh, suffering from severe abdominal pain, and he had a distended stomach, but he was otherwise fine. So they did, you know, they did imaging, and it showed multiple, you know, round objects. And so they suspected, the doctors in charge of the case suspected exactly what our doctors suspected, which was body packing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, smuggling drugs in balloons. Mm-hmm. But they realized, so, so some of the objects, project, quote, projected in the shape of a head with a pointed nose, end quote. <laughs> And so they talked to the patient <laughs> and he stated that he had ingested multiple heads of a of a children's toy doll over the course of several days and the the patient's treatment was pretty uneventful you know they they performed a surgery for a small bo- bowel obstruction But when asked why he had (laughs) swallowed these doll heads, he said it was for anal autoerotic gratification. (laughs) Just like our psych guy said. (laughs) Just like our psych guy said. So, so, you know, this was based off of a true story. And an even better part of the true story is that it was actually at Harborview Medical Center. A center that sees just a lot of weird shit <laughs> just as a fun fact that's where all of the that's just it's oh, an interesting place so good. And, and so i um it comes you know this came from an article written by ken f Linow and fa Mann, who were doctors on the case hmm. and the whole point of their write-up of this story was actually it had nothing to do with the surgery or with the reason that this guy (laughs) swallowed these dolls' heads, it's actually quite dry. It's really about the radiographic imaging and, you know, like this specific technique they use to determine that they were actual Judy doll heads. It's not a very interesting read.
1: (laughs) That's going to be be Karev's later-in-life career. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: But more interesting is actually what I had to do to get this article, (laughs) which was... I had to, like, provide an email address. And so, you know, I I did the code Uh guy's email address. And then they wanted the name, my name and affiliation, which I, of course, put as Meredith Gray from Seattle (laughs) Grace. And, you know, they get like four emails a week, right? Like, I don't think I'll ever get the official copy of that article. (laughs) So I had to find a, a bootleg version of it. (laughs) So that's my medical fact of the week is that, you know, sometimes you watch the show and you're like, no, but... Yes, in fact. Well,
1: and I will actually tell you, and um, I don't know that this is still true of the show, but Grey's Anatomy, when it first came out, you know, they got a lot of sort of flack for, oh, these over-the-top medical cases, and this would never happen, and that person yeah. would never live, and so on and so forth. But they actually prided themselves for the first, at least certainly the first few seasons of the show, that they never did a case on the show that had not happened in real life with, like, they would never have a patient survive something that... um. That they hadn't in real life. Right. Like they Mm -hmm. don't. Which I think is really cool. You know, that like the the medical representations often are very, very accurate of of exactly like this. Right. That they come from real cases and they follow those cases. Right. If somebody couldn't survive 11 Judy doll heads in their stomach, they would not portray (laughs) that character as surviving that, you know. Right. Which I think is cool. I don't know. I'd be interested to know if that's still the case with the show, but I know that it was for a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. I I remember that. from, yeah. from the beginning seasons, and that was always like my defense. Right, the me show. too. Like, you know, these are real cases. That's <laughs>
1: right. That's right. Well, because especially as now we get into the second season, and as the budget grows, as the show grows in popularity, that there are some really, really, really out there cases, some really sort of high profile stuff. So I'm I'm excited to sort of get into some of those, and I think the medical facts of the week are going to get really good with some of that. Yes, they're going to get. So awesome <laughs> yeah
0: they are they are um <laughs> let's do line of the week <laughs> line of the week all right what was your what was your pick for line of the week <laughs>
1: I think for line of the week so they have to burke is having a hard time managing the or board and um Meredith comes to, to get Burke and he's overworked and, you know, all of these things. And he goes to the, the chief's office um, where Burke is. And she says, you know, I need an OR. And he's like, I don't have an OR. And she's like, I need it. It's for bowel obstruction. She's got the film in her hand. And he's like, well, what kind of bowel obstruction? She holds it up and she goes, the guy swallowed 10 tree dolls. And the chief's assistant, whose name I cannot remember. I meant to look it up and I cannot remember her name. I want to say it's Sheila, but I know that's wrong. And she's, like, <laughs> she's standing right there, like holding all this paperwork guess, for, for, for uh, Burke. And they hold, oh, I think it's Patricia. Patricia, thank you. It's Patricia, yes. you're right. Um, and Patricia's standing there, and so they're all looking at the films together. And Burke's like, man, she really you know, really did swallow ten Judy dolls or whatever. And Patricia, there's like a pause, and Patricia says I can see their little faces. Come meow, come meow. And it's such a fucking throwaway line. <laughs> it's... <laughs> but it's Oh, it's so dark and it's so funny. It's like exactly my humor.
0: (laughs) I feel very much that the actress who portrays Patricia, Robin Pearson Rose, just improvised that. I know. God bless her for it. And I feel great about the whole thing. So that's my line of the week. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. So my line of the week is also kind of a throwaway, not from a main character, but oh my God, I want to tattoo it on my body. So there's the guy who's overseeing the organ transplants, the harvest surgery from the woman who's not actually dead. Right. And Derek is confronting this doctor saying, you know, this woman is not dead. And he just says, Death is imminent. We just have to wait it out. i pointed out or like my house words my house crest my morning mantra i don't know how many times i say per month death is just around the corner i feel like you texted that to me last night (laughs) it's like for for game of thrones it's like winter is coming right for me i'm like death Death is is coming it's about to happen
1: Just have to wait it out. (laughs) Oh man, those are great lines. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: great lines of the week. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. It was a good. For an episode I enjoyed this for an episode I don't like all that much. Anyway. Yeah, right? Good time. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week. Um, we hope to see you next week for season two, episode three.
0: Be sure to uh subscribe on iTunes or Podbean, which is actually where we host our podcast. If you like what we're doing, rate us, give us five stars, <laughs> and please share with your friends. You can find us online um, on Tumblr at code graystumblrcom And you can also find us on Twitter at code underscore grays underscore. And if you have any questions that you'd like to email us, any comments, criticism, you can always get a get in touch with us at codegrays at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>